my name is Dr. Kim Farina. I'm a veterinarian and I'm the host of Pause and Reflect with Zoetis, provided to you by Zoetis Pet Care. Welcome to season three. In season one, we learned about ProHeart 12 with the active ingredient moxidectin. And in season two, it was all about Semperica Trio, a combination of moxidectin, pyrantal, and serolaner. For this season, we are focusing on veterinary leadership. Now, we've been through a lot together, and maybe in this third episode, you're thinking, are we going to talk about Zoetis products? Well, I got a box this week. And in it, I was sent a very big Zoetis stainless steel water bottle. I was then sent in the same box, a very big Zoetis gray dry bag that I swear could fit my son, our small, a medium-sized dog in it, I think. And then I was sent two bright orange Zoetis, so you can see, Zoetis shopping bags. But no product. But it's okay, really, don't worry, it's fine. Because although this season is a bit different from the other seasons, it's just as informative, I promise you. We'll give you some great insight about leadership specifically for the veterinary profession. Now, if you are a veterinarian who wants to become a leader, a current leader who wants to sharpen your skills, or you're a veterinarian who wants to explore career pathways that involve leadership, then you've come to the right place. This season, four episodes, four extraordinary guests. They have stories to tell, advice you don't want to miss, and we'll have some laughs because we have a couple of quizzes thrown in the mix to test your wit. One last thing, you don't have to listen to the episodes in order, but they do have a flow, so it may be helpful for you to listen to them sequentially. We have the wow factor going on today. Our guest is Dr. Sharon Roche, a veterinarian and director of professional services at Zoetis, where she manages several veterinarians. So thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, Kim. I'm glad to be here. Well, as always, let's begin with you telling us about what you do in your current position at Zoetis. Yeah, so I am the Director of Professional Services for the Southeast Region, and I look after a group of nine veterinarians who provide technical support to our sales team and to our veterinary customers. You know, I did some research on you, and I know this is not your first managerial position at Zoetis because you joined the Zoetis team in 2014 as a managing veterinarian for major accounts. And then I know prior to that, you worked at Novartis in some managerial positions. So is that all? Did I get that right? You did, Kim. You did do your research. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. Yes, I, I started my career in industry. I was in private practice, small animal practice for 10 years. And then in 2005, I joined Novartis Animal Health and had the opportunity for several different positions. Um, and in the latter part of my 10 years at, at Novartis, I was in management. I managed a, um, actually started out managing a group of sales representatives. So I was an air, what we call it, Zoetis, an area business manager. At Novartis, we called it a district manager. So I, I managed a sales team and a sales region. And then I moved to, uh, to similar to the role I have now, managing uh, professional services veterinarians at Novartis. And then I came to Zoetis, as you said, 
and have been here for the last uh, five, well, five and a half years now um, in, in some management positions. So it's been, it's an amazing, it's been an amazing journey and a great ride. Well, I mean, you do have this amazing career track record in management. So like, how did you move into these positions? Well, I'm, I will tell you, Kim, not, it was not really my idea to start with. I will tell you. Yeah. When I was at Novartis, I, I was a professional services veterinarian and back in 2005 and had an interest in learning and development. So I moved into the, the role of technical advisor for our learning and development department. And in that role, my manager came to me and said, you know, there's, there's things that I think you do well, that would really be great in a management uh, type of position. And I will tell you, Kim, I, I really did laugh out loud. I was like, you have, you've got to be kidding me. I, I don't, I don't think I have uh, too many talents for that, nor do I think that's something I would really be good at or would even really want to do. And she said, great, we're going to put you in a management position. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> did, did you hear what I said? And she said, yeah. And so she, um, I will tell you, Kim, a little bit kicking and screaming. I went into a management position there in our learning development department. And within a, a few short months, I was like, I was completely hooked. I'm like, this is really cool. This is a, this is a challenging type of position and it's interesting and I really do so enjoy working with other people. And so it has just, since 2007, um, that's my journey's been, you know, I guess the last 13 years um, uh, in management roles. And it's been, it's been wonderful. And, you know, you mentioned working with other people. I'm just curious, did networking play into this at all as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, networking. I, I think if I could go back and tell my younger self, whether it was in college and vet school, uh, in, pra in practice, networking is so incredibly important. You get to meet so many diverse people, opportunities present themselves. So really putting yourself out there and talking to a lot of different people, whether it's in private practice or in industry, it's so not only personally and professionally fulfilling, it certainly uh, opens the opportunity for some professional um, positions or, or professional relationships that wouldn't have been there if you hadn't put yourself out there. Yeah. So, so when you talk about those professional positions, is networking tied to management in any way? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it is. Um, when you're networking, you're getting to meet people that do hopefully do things that are different than what you do. And you find out, uh, you know, what I coming into my roles in management, I really didn't have a good sense of what it meant to manage people. I, I didn't really have a good sense of what it meant to be a leader. Um, I knew folks that I thought were great leaders and great coaches in my life, but I didn't really understand or, or really take time to figure out why that was. And as I began to network and, and meet other people and find out what they did, it became clearer to me that leadership, management, working with others, the, those sorts of things were things I already liked to do. I just didn't realize how you could apply that energy to uh, to managing and leading other people. And so I really wouldn't have known that if I hadn't networked. And again, I give it really all the credit to my uh, manager in learning and development in Novartis. She, she really, uh, she wouldn't take no for an answer. She was quite the salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> it was persistent. I, I want to just be clear though, 
for me and our listeners, explain the difference between leadership and management. Or is there not one? Or just help us sort that out. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you asked that question because I, I sometimes myself use them interchangeably. And, and really, I read somewhere, and I, I can't remember where it was, Kim, but you know, you lead people and you manage things. And so when you're in a leadership position, the prime in my in my view, the primary role as a leader is is, is to lead people, to develop people, to help people uncover the best person that they can be, I believe, personally and professionally. And management really is around managing activities, managing tasks, which include people. So, so as you're leading people, there are there are things you as, as you're leading people, there are things you have to manage and help them manage. But at the end of the day, when you work with people, it's really leading them. And, and that leadership is about development, helping them self-discover. The, the very best that they can bring to any uh, professional environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's terrific. I love that self-discovery aspect to it. Well, we are actually going to take a break from the interview for a moment. But on the flip side, I want to talk to you about your clinical practice and how it relates to leadership. So um, you might not know this, or you may, as a new guest on Pause and Reflect with Zoetis, we have quizzes on topics that usually have nothing to do with veterinary medicine. Now, this is the pause and reflect with Zoetis limerick quiz. And here's how it works. I'm going to read you a limerick and you fill in the blank. Now, remember, limericks are poems where the first, second, and fifth line rhyme. Okay. Now, the topic is general veterinary medicine. And you're so lucky, Dr. Rosh, because in previous seasons, the topics have been related to very specific Zoetis products. So it's not like you're going to be racking your brain trying to think of like, what rhymes with Semperica Trio, you know? <laughs> so that, so this is good. Um, nothing to stress about because there are no prizes except our producer can play some cheering crowd effects. And I have this bell here I can ring when you do a good job. Um, so are you ready? I am as ready as I'm going to be. Okay, here we go. Limerick number one. Open wide, said the vet to the cow. I have to check a molar somehow. I promise not to touch. It won't hurt too much. I do great work. Go ask the... <laughs> rhymes with cow, rhymes with how. This is harder than it seems. Like start, start at like Q and go down. R... They're on a farm. Are we asking another farm animal, the sow? There you go. That's oh, what I was, I was like, going with. <laughs> I was like, is it a person? What? I no, didn't want to call that, someone a sow. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. But I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I would have taken chow. But oh yes. But hold on, I've had many chow patients in my clinical practice life, and I was wondering, you know, would a chow really say something positive? <laughs> I mean, I love chows. They're great, right? They're great dogs, but but they with they kind of might be a little negative, you know? It, it, it might have come out as a growl. Yeah, maybe that's how it would have come out. Yes, yes. Yeah. So 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 perfect. That's great. Very good. All right, number two. There once it. was a vet from Tibet who treated a yak named Paulette. We can't contaminate. She had to medicate, and now there's no stylet. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Any ideas? 
I'm not good at this game, Kim. This is clear. You're, you're rocking it, man. Yeah, I'm rocking it right to the ground. <laughs> threat. How about that? No threat. And now there's no. no threat. And now there's no threat. I hope we're editing all of this out, Kim. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yay. <laughs> All right, number three. I choose, it. I choose a different game. Okay, yes, number no, three. No, we got one more, one more. This is the last one. There oh, once, excellent. <laughs> there once was a vet named Kate who was asked to join a debate. Nerve block or not, the tooth is shot. Yes, she said, and set them all straight. Very good. Oh! Yay. <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. All right. You did. You, you're such. You know, you're a great sport. Thank you. Uh, there you go. I'm not any good at it, but I'm a good sport. I you're like good, that. It's all about the energy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So let's let's switch gears and go back. Go back. Good. To let's interview. do it. Um, you currently manage a team of veterinarians who, and and I'm curious, what has allowed you to be successful in the role? What do you think? Oh my gosh. Um, so many things, but I I would, I I'd say above all things, Kim, it's, it's the mentors and, and the coaches that I have. So, so what has really led me to be successful is the, the folks who have really guided me and supported me, my, my, my current manager, my previous managers. Um, it, it really, I couldn't, I, no one gets anywhere where they are by themselves. And so I, I think my success is really due to all the others that paid it forward to me. Hmm. Do you think your clinical practice work in Kentucky, New Jersey, North Carolina helped shape any of the management skills? Uh, absolutely. And I think, Kim, it, it, it may be the story for a lot of people, but I, I really learned in clinical practice how not <laughs> how 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 I did not want to lead or to be led. And uh, and I saw some some examples of of I don't know that I would call it leadership, but I saw some examples of of management that that really stood out to me and really did shape me and affected me about how I would like to work with others and, and, and how I would like to work in the, in the uh, workplace. So a lot of, um, a lot that happened in clinical practice led me, I hope to where I am today and really being able to help others and to kind of see what the pitfalls can be and really to, to look back and understand and empathize with those that struggled in leadership because of lack of training or skill sets that they really didn't even know they needed to have. And so, um, yes, absolutely. The long, long answer to your short question. Um, I really do think my clinical practice in all of those places, um, really made a big difference for where I am today. Mm -hmm. Well, you talk about the pitfalls, the struggles. I'm curious about some of the challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis. What are some of them? Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the biggest challenges when you're when you're leading folks and, and working with a team is really keeping top of mind what are my priorities? What what are the priorities? How do I need to help my folks prioritize their day? Because as you know, Kim, whether you're in private practice or in industry, there's a lot every day in our lives. Um, there, there, there are a lot of things going on. And I think if if we can keep our priorities front and center and keep them as uh, keep the discipline 
to have just the few most important things top of mind and, and get those things accomplished and, and organized, then we'll be successful in other things. So I, I think um, that's one of the big challenges that I find is keeping top of mind what are the priorities because little fires pop up all the time and they can be so distracting and take you and your team down rabbit holes that are not productive and, and don't take us forward. And sometimes it, you can get into a, a rhythm of that to where it's hard to pull yourself out and hard to get back to the prioritize priorities and, and help people stay, um, stay on track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is time to take another break, but then I do want to find out how you overcome these challenges, just as you were talking about, I, I I'm curious as to, okay, you've just, you've defined them for us, but now how do you, how do you overcome them? So, but first <laughs> it's time for another quiz. <laughs> So, I can't hear. I can't hear you anymore, Kim. I don't hear you. the sound went no. out. Oh, well, I will uh, mime it. Uh, mime it to you. Okay, I'm ready. All right. This is this quiz is a favorite, which is called "Not My Career," and it's a quiz about an occupation always that you likely know nothing about. So today's occupation is a fourth grade elementary school teacher, more specifically, a fourth grade teacher who is teaching a unit on Greek and Roman mythology. So I'm going to describe a character from mythology and you tell me the name of the character. Who was the Roman god of commerce, messages, and travelers? He's the symbol for a flower company and there's a planet named after him. Oh, that's Mercury. Very good. <laughs> All right. Much better than veterinary medicine. I'm, I'm doing well, Kim. <laughs> Number two, who was the Titan who was condemned to carry the heavens upon his shoulders? Oh, that was Atlas. Very nice. Very nice. Oh done. Number three, who was a Roman demigod who had 12 labors to do, including defeating a nine-headed hydra and overcame all sorts of enormous tasks? I believe Arnold Schwarzenegger played him in a movie. Yes, I believe that was Hercules. Very. <laughs> you got this. That's all right. Last question. Who was the king of Ithaca? who helped the Greeks win the Trojan War with that famous sneaky horse. And it took him 10 long, 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 this is your hint, long years to get back home. Odysseus. Yes. <laughs> nice. Karen. Look. What are you doing in veterinary medicine, man? You, well, you're Kim, there you go. Well, my undergraduate degree was actually in English. So um, okay. that so might, might explain a little bit. You might know a few of these stories. Yeah. That was very impressive. All right. So let's let's shift gears and let's talk about the challenges you were just talking about a moment ago. How do you overcome them? Yeah, I, I will tell you that you know, one, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> it's it's a process to to get to uh, having those habits that hopefully are productive. And I will tell you that I, and this is for me personally, um, Kim, I, I really I'm very focused on having a physical and and um, mental approach to my to my work. And so when I say physical, I I, I exercise every day. So I start my day um, 
during COVID, because the gym's not open, I go for a, a walk. And so I, I walk every morning and it gives me an opportunity to begin that thought process about priorities, about, you know, what do I have, what do I have going on today and taking time to get oxygen and, you know, really just get myself kickstarted. So, so physical fitness for me is really important. And so that helps me get my day started off right. And then when I come to the workplace, I, um, you know, I have a couple of different things that I do and it's, it's, they're actually, they're sticky notes. I'll, I'll probably be in totally old school here, but I'll tell you, I have sticky notes on my desk that are things that remind me, they remind me of, you know, prioritize smile right now when we're, um, virtual, you know, smile when you're on your webcam and, um, you know, never sweat the small stuff. So I have a couple of those things that that kind of are triggers for me or reminders for me of how to get ready for the day. And I think for me, if I start the day off in a, in a good mindset and I and I have these reminders, then it, I can kind of, you know, tackle tackle my day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, you have colleagues in similar roles. What what do they say about managing veterinarians? Um, you know, we're kind of shifting gears. I'm, I'm curious, do they view it the same way as as you do? Well, you know, I, I think that's a that's an interesting question. I, I, I guess some of them do. I, some of them don't, I'm sure. Um, you know, I really have the I have a very consistent approach in working with with, um, veterinarians and, and I, you know, I would really say with anyone that I work with, but, but in, in leading veterinarians, I, I think there's something that I, that I bring to it that I, you know, you're a veterinarian. We've, most of us that, that are, have been at some point in our lives in clinical practice. And it's that connection that I always keep in mind. We all have at some point had clinical experience. We have been in situations that range from, you know, happy clients that have brand new puppies and kittens and life is great all the way through end of life decisions and euthanasia. And we've been through the spectrum of those emotions and we bring those to whatever our work is. It may not be in clinical practice. It may be in industry. It may be in other situations, but we bring those same emotions. We bring those same um, skill sets or lack of skill sets to those situations. And so I try to connect that when I work with my veterinarians to try to help them see that all the experiences that they've had in practice are applicable to whatever they're doing today. In our case, working in, in, um, in industry at Zoetis. And I, I think that's helpful. I think the empathy, um, it's something that I appreciate that, that people provide to me is, is empathizing with, you know, we're all human. And for us as veterinarians, we're unique in that we have some skill sets and some experiences that, that um, we all share collectively. I don't know that every other, you know, um, veterinary manager at Zoetis feels that way, but um, but that's sort of how I view it. But this is interesting. I want to unpack this because you mentioned that you managed a sales team. So is managing veterinarians, and you were just talking about the skill set, is managing veterinarians different or unique to say managing non-veterinarians as a veterinarian? Mm -hmm. I, I would say yes and no. <laughs> I would say okay. there are some things that are common, 100% 
common, um, you know, connected, whether you are leading and working with a team that are sales representatives or veterinarians or civil engineers or, or whatever. I think there are some, some basic connections there that are true no matter what, but I do think it is unique in managing veterinarians compared to a sales team. And that's because I think the motivations and the experiences, the life experiences of the sales team and what motivates them sometimes are very different than what motivates and life experiences of veterinarians. So yes, I think you you would be remiss, I think, in not appreciating those differences that they bring to the workplace and recognizing them and helping them to take full advantage of what motivates them and what makes them good at their at their job. Mm-hmm. And I, and so now I'm curious. Do you think it makes a difference whether or not you're a veterinarian? If you manage veterinarians, so now reverse it, a non-veterinarian managing veterinarians. I think absolutely. And there actually was an example of that when I worked at Novartis. We had a, a, an area or a, a district or I'm sorry, regional business manager at Novartis that was not a veterinarian who managed a veterinary team. And I think you absolutely can do that. I think that there are uh, that person needs to possess some additional skills and abilities to do that. Because when you're not, when you are not a, um, a functional expert, right? So if you're not an expert in that field, uh, there are some things that I think you can overcome that by the way you approach the folks that you work with, just like I did. I, I'm not a salesperson. And um, when I worked with my team, I was very cognizant that they had skills and abilities and and were really good at things that I I was not good at. Maybe I could be good at them if I if I you know became a salesperson, but I, I really made sure that I shared that with them and recognized their skills and recognized their abilities and was very transparent to say, you know many things better than I do. So I need you to help me, right? Teach me. And also let's learn together based on the the things that I can bring to the table that will help you. And I think with that transparency and that and that ability to recognize and appreciate what the group's skills are, I think it makes for a really good environment. I learned a lot in managing salespeople, and I, I hope that my sales team would say the same for me. Yeah, right. Well, and I think, you know, you brought up excellent points about the recognition of what you bring to the table, what they bring to the table, and and then the opportunity to learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that's so exciting to me about working with people and leading leading people is quite honestly, Kim, at the end of the day, it's probably a little bit selfish. I get to learn so much about myself and about how I interact in the world and how I can do that differently and better than if I, if I was not in, in the position that I'm in. So it's, it is, I am grateful every day to my folks. Uh, they get to be the mirror for me. They help me get better. Mm-hmm. Well, I am grateful that you joined us today. And unfortunately, we have to stick a fork in this episode because we're done and we're out of time. But I want to thank you, Dr. Ross, for joining us today. I'm so grateful. You were wonderful. Oh, well, thank you, Kim. Other than the quiz, uh, other than the the limerick, it was awesome. (laughs) You were just perfect. So it was good. It was all good. So 
Next up, we are going to hear from a chief medical officer who is overflowing with career advice, and we'll also find out how well she does as a mystery author in our Not My Career Pause and Reflect with Zoetis quiz. We'll see. Uh, yes, I said quiz. There will be more of them and more stories, more advice, lots of good stuff. I'm Dr. Kim Farina, and this has been another episode of Pause and Reflect with Zoetis. Episode four is up next. <laughs>